Hello, all my creepers and my creepettes. Hey, guys. Welcome back for another episode. So, what are we talking about tonight? Do you know the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man? The Muffin Man! (laughs) 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 She's married to the Muffin Man. (laughs) The Muffin Man. That's what we're talking about. (laughs) In part, yeah. So, we're going to dive into some... Uh, children's rhymes that probably shouldn't be children's rhymes allegedly allegedly some of these like the uh alleged darkness to their explanation was kind of a stretch yeah just trying to make things work yeah so Mm -hmm. we'll see we'll let you be the judge uh let's start off with the muffin man now this one could actually be really interesting if it's true that's a big if. Right. It's pretty 50-50 split on if it's true or not, isn't it? If you if you look on TikTok, like everyone on TikTok says it's true. Mm-hmm. But if you go to some like actual research, it's pretty much fake. Allegedly, between 1589 and 1598, Frederick Thomas Linwood, also known as the Muffin Man, who lived on Drury Lane, allegedly killed as many as 15 children by luring them with muffins tied to strings. And he's also said to have killed seven rival pastry chefs. <laughs> he got beef with a sharpened wooden spoon. But the thing is, when I was looking for any information about Frederick Thomas Linwood, it either pulled, like, all of the legitimate sites said, hey, someone online said this was true, but it, it there's no documentation that it even happened, uh, no record of this person. And every site that did, that was trying to say it was true, was a notoriously, like, clickbaity site Mm. that was more ads than anything. Or, like, one had a photo of him, but it happened in 1590s. There was no photos until, like, (laughs) 300 years later. So, (laughs) if you're going to fake something, at least fake it well. That's a good point. I would have never even thought about that. Like, wow, yeah, they're right. <laughs> uh, also, the rhyme was not was first written down in 1820. That doesn't mean it didn't exist before that, but the oldest paper copy we have of the rhyme was dated 1820. So that's another, like, 270-year difference between when this allegedly happened and when it was first written down. I just need some backstory on it. What is his beef with the other pastry right? chefs? Like, and and why the children also? <laughs> right. So th- what people online are saying is that this rhyme was made to teach the children as a warning to stay away from Drury Lane. But like I said, there's no proof of this. So the more likely explanation is that it's a rhyme about street vendors because there would actually be muffin men that would go door to door selling muffins during the Victorian era. Because most of the housing was really poor and people didn't have kitchens. They just had, like, fireplaces to cook over. Mm -hmm. So it would make the house smoky. And so a lot of people were buying, like, really not healthy street food. Hmm. Thus buying muffins from the Muffin Man as opposed to cooking in your own house. Hmm. So that's, that's the more likely to be true explanation. But the other one's definitely more interesting. I wonder if he knows Sweeney Todd. <laughs> That's Fleet Street, not not Drury Lane. <laughs> well, we cross town I'm, from each other. Well, yeah, <laughs> but they obviously have uh, similar interests. 
<laughs> Maybe he should try the priest. I did notice, like, at least a lot of the ones that I was looking into were all English. I didn't find very many American ones. Hmm, that's interesting. You know, a lot of these were, like, old English. Like, they just had rhymes instead of urban legends? Well, I guess it still is an urban legend, but... Or maybe people back then just, like, talked in rhyme. That's just the way it was. I do feel like old English is more romantic than... I could see that. Current times. Well, and, like... Especially when you are reading older literature, like it's hard to read because mm-hmm. the the language doesn't flow like we feel it should. It's like talking in cursive, but in English. Talking in cursive. <laughs> <laughs> hear ye, hear ye. See, that was so cursive. <laughs> so the next one I want to talk about, and I am 90% certain that this one is true. Oh, absolutely. Ring around the rosies. Yep. Pocket full of posies. Yep. The only difference is I learned it as ashes, ashes, not a tissue, a tissue. Ooh, yeah. Do you remember that that way? Yeah, I remember it Make sure we're from like the same timeline. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this is definitely about the plague. We learned about this one in school for sure, too. Did you? I don't remember if we did or not. We did, but I don't know. I want to say maybe it, it was in high school because I did pre-AP classes. Oh, yeah. So maybe we were researching. No, I, I remember talking about the equivalencies that we're fixing to talk about when we talked about plague. Yes. So uh, Ring Around the Rosies is like a it's a, like a slang term from the time for the rashes mm-hmm. that were common with certain types of plague a little cutesy fun way to say it <laughs> cutesy fun way to say for your disgustingly yeah. like stay over there yeah <laughs> and then pocket full of posies medical experts at the time i would say that loosely <laughs> they believed that the plague was transmitted through the bad smells of the de- the decaying infected. Mm-hmm. So they would wear, that's where your plague doctor mask comes from. That nose in the plague doctor mask was stuffed full of posies to um, diffuse the smell. So you, all you were smelling was flowers. So it would be thought that you were immune because you weren't smelling the, the nastiness. I mean, that would be nice anyway, but... It's such a dramatic mask just to hold the flowers, too. It is. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, it's like heavy leather, mm-hmm. like heavy leather. But yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the, as we remember, ashes, ashes part of the burning of the bodies. Yep. So. Super cheery. Yeah. How is it that children are the ones that get a hold of these songs? Or it's saying two children, you know, because like with this rhyme in particular, I mean, that's just uh, current times for them, I guess. I mean, I could see them teaching them this to like stay away from the infected, but also our own goblins, they take up, they pick up the inappropriate lyrics the fastest to like (laughs) pop, pop songs. Yeah. So. If that's it's, weird. That if that's it's catchy comparison. and taboo, I'm sure the kids are going to be all over that's it. That's so weird. <laughs> it's because even though all this time, we're still all the same. Time goes on. Yeah, but we're I, still we were talking about beforehand. 
you know, a lot of times when you, you think of past time periods, you think that the people are more proper, I guess. But I don't, th- I think that, I don't think humanity has changed at all. Mm-hmm. Our, just our environment has. We have fancier things, you know. Mm-hmm. But especially like with the way the Muffin Man story has evolved, you know, it's thought that this could have, the story of the murderer could have existed back then, even though the murderer didn't exist. It's just an urban legend. It could have been just a rumor someone started, just like uh, the way Slenderman evolved on the internet. Mm. Someone posted it, and then the rest of the society ran with it. It's like there's no, that means there's no subgenres of all of this stuff. It's all the same. If it's the nursery rhymes or the spooky stories or whatever, the new just, cryptids, because cryptids always come with a story too. It's more like definitions of time almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think of it like a. Like if the nursery rhymes are the beginning of these spooky stories. Yeah. And then they evolved into an urban legend or a cryptid. Mm-hmm. It's like the what, telephone game. Yes. Yes. Exactly like telephone. <laughs> it we figured it out this next one i remember but i i don't think that i actually knew it very well same i've heard of it but i didn't i had to like look it up to remember all of the words to it and that's mary mary quite contrary and i feel like i just know the two lines and then that's it now i could see this one as being completely legit Mm -hmm. um and this is allegedly about Bl- Bloody Queen Mary, who was the daughter of Queen Henry VIII, uh, and her murdering of Protestants. Mm-hmm. Uh, the garden refers to the graveyards filling up with her victims, and the silver bells represent thumbscrews, and then the maids refer to people lining up to be executed. And the reason I could see this one being like, a legit thing is especially during you know the, the monarch the monarchy doesn't the royals don't hold near the power that they used to mm-hmm. but during these times that they did hold all the all of the power um you couldn't talk about them you couldn't say anything negative about them or you would be executed just like everybody else mm-hmm. you know so these sort of rhymes would be made up to be able to express that idea without, because there's like plausible deniability. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, oh, that's not about you. Oh, I see. That's just a poem. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a silly little poem we made up. It's coincidence that Mary is the same name. Mm-hmm. But that's why I think this one and there's um, another one that I think is, uh, oh, Three Blind Mice is the other one that's, mm-hmm directly related to Queen Mary in particular. The three mice were uh, bishops at the time that didn't follow what she thought was... And they were going to overthrow her, but it was not successful. Yeah, so they got executed. But yeah, especially when when they relate to the royal family, I would say 100% that's the actual origin because you couldn't say anything bad about her. Or yeah. else you would be killed too. So. Well, and the, I also saw that the reason that the mice were blind, it was directly talking about their difference in opinions of religion. Uh huh. And she was like, that was why her reign was so bloody, was because of 
religious differences in the kingdom. Wild. It makes people so mean. Uh Uh-huh. So I thought this one was really interesting, and it is London Bridge is Falling Down. By Fergie? (laughs) Different kind of London Bridge. (laughs) Um, The general consensus is that this refers to the bridge actually falling into disrepair after the Great London Fire in 1666. Scholars are starting to say that maybe this refers to something else, which I find super interesting. They don't have, there's no like historical documents that verify this, but there's some, I guess you could call it circumstantial evidence that kind of verifies it. But it's said that it was torn down in a Viking attack in 1014. Now, that's what no one can confirm is whether a Viking attack actually happened in 1014 or not. But what they can confirm is there's some Old Norse poems that were written in the 1200s that have very similar uh, verses. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, that's what I thought. So so it could possibly be about Vikings raiding London and tearing down the bridge, Hmm. which is a way cooler. Yeah. Much better. (laughs) Much better. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like these nursery rhymes are so up your alley just from the historical backgrounds of them. I do think that it's it's just interesting. You know, it's like fun fact trivia, basically. Yeah. You know, but I think it's cool how much stuff you could find and not have any idea what it's actually about. Mm -hmm. You know, but we're all just passed it down generation to generation because that's what i was asking you the other night we were watching morgan freeman talk about dinosaurs oh yeah (laughs) and there's like crazy dinosaurs on there that i've never even seen or heard of before and it's like how do they know that's what they actually looked like i mean i understand you find fossils and the bones and you can regenerate it now but how do you know that's actually what they look like? Because people have talked about how um, they think that the T-Rex has been imaged wrong this whole time. Yeah. And that his he doesn't actually have little um, arms, but they should be reversed like, and their wings. wings. Yeah. Or it's a giant chicken. Like, I don't, I mean, I'm sure someone's going to say there's some sort of scientific ex- explanation, but how do you tell from the bones what its skin was looked like? That's one thing that's I don't crazy. understand. Or, how they're how they're guessing that some of these things had feathers from the bones like how do you know it that? makes no sense to me yeah yeah there was a lot in that it's what is the name of the show it's like our life on our planet okay that's the name of it okay and you know that that goes into the same thing with these like how do you know that's where this comes from well and some of it kind of bothers me because of just grade school English classes mm-hmm. where we talk about literature and they always pull up some crazy kind of symbolism in these stories. But sometimes what if the story is just the story? Yeah, that always that always did bother me in school because how do I know that that's what it actually symbolizes or that's what, you know, some academic told me, you know. It's crazy. The only way I would ever... And this is just my personal belief. The only way I really consider a lot of those symbolisms 
is if I watch an interview with the author and mm-hmm. they tell me that that's what they intended. And there's been a lot of authors come out now also and hear about how their stories are being interpreted. And they're like, no, <laughs> what was on the page is what it was, my guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely think you can read too far into something. And the, the only way to know is to ask the person that wrote it what they intended. Mm-hmm. That's the only definitive way. And I, I hated it because, like, we would get way deep into symbolism with several things in yeah. school. and Which I would assume that if that's what we were being taught, it was because there probably was some actual symbolism into it. But it, sometimes it just seemed so dramatic. <laughs> right. And, and, like, so far-fetched. And that's how some of these rhymes are also, just stretching to make it fit. And, you know, it's hard to remember an exact example because I've been out of school for a long time now. Old fart. But I feel like some of it was to the point of, like, the colors of the drapes. Yes. Mattered. Yes. It was crazy. So I got a couple more. Mm -hmm. This next one is, I don't know that it's, like, super dark. And I can't verify that this is the origin, but it fits and it is an interesting story. And that's Humpty Dumpty. So Humpty Dumpty refers to a large cannon used during the English Civil War. And if it was truly big enough, like they kind of allude to it, that kind of weapon could make or break a battle. Mm. Especially, you know, back then. It was hauled to the top of a wall during a battle and used against the parliamentarians, which were the, like basically the rebels during the battle, the wall was damaged and it collapsed to the ground. And then the Royalist, which would be all the King's men, they, the cannon was basically too big to be able to salvage. Hmm. It collapsed under its own weight and then they couldn't put it back together again. So did the cannon like fall apart or did it fall and it just was stuck? Like, it landed, that's where it's going to stay. It wasn't clear what I could find. It was either too heavy to move and they couldn't like get it out of the rubble or it under its own weight, you know, cracked. Just like, mm-hmm. like you know, how the Liberty Bell cracked. Mm-hmm. If a cannon of that size cracked, it would be really hard to repair. I just think that it would be, if it was true to the story, it would be a cool historical place. If it yeah. was true. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, mm-hmm. you would think something that important would have made, like, basically turned into a tourist attraction. Mm-hmm. But that's a, that's a good story that goes along with it, you know? It's funny, too, like, our goblins are in school, and they still have songs to teach them what they're learning now. Mm-hmm. And that's all these were. And so the the last one I want to talk about, and this might not even be a song that is about something, but a song that was basically made during this event. And that's uh, Here We Go Round the Mulberry Bush. I didn't know this one really well either. Uh, I do remember this one. Uh, it was, I had to look it up to like, let it jog my memory, but I do remember this one. In Wakefield Prison in West Yorkshire... The prison yard had a mulberry bush in it. And especially in, like, old England, everybody got sent to jail. Like, everybody. Everybody going to jail. You didn't pay your taxes. You're you're going to jail. You're going to prison as a debtor. 
it was not hard to end up in prison and even as kids so you would have like robin hood yeah i mean yeah that's australia was a prison colony Hmm. that's how it started yeah they sent that's where they sent like a lot of their debtors at one point in england having debt for too long was a crime so so it was not uncommon to have like female prisoners with children Mm -hmm. and they would go up be out let out to the yard to exercise and they'd literally walk around the mulberry bush it just is a song they sang now how are they <laughs> these poor people just have too much debt so they have to go to prison for that but what the hell are they supposed to do while they're in prison to try and fix their debt are they just there until they rot now I think when you got out I think you started fresh basically because oh, it wasn't like, like working your time off it it wasn't like loan debt. It was tax debt. Mm-hmm. So if you owed the crown too much money, you went to prison. And I'm not real familiar with it, so I don't. You might not have even gotten out. You might have just. Well, stayed. That's what I'm asking. Like, did they just stay there? You might have or... stayed in prison. I don't know. That's wild. But yeah, this was just a song that they sang while they walked around the mulberry bush. Sad. Funny enough, the prison built in 1598 has a mulberry bush as its official emblem. And the the tree lived until two thousand or the bush the bush lived until two thousand seventeen. That's pretty cool. Where it was finally killed by uh, beetles and beetle infestation. Dang, that is actually pretty cool to have something that old and live into our our time. Yeah, yeah. That's basically cool. like a five hundred year old tree, almost. Well, that's what I mean with Humpty Dumpty. If it had happened. The cannon should be there, just like the mulberry right, tree, right. bush, tree, well, whatever. Didn't you listen? They couldn't put it back together again. <laughs> Leave it there. <laughs> oh, yeah, that pile of junk over there. That's the cannon. We call him Humpty. We call him Humpty. Now I have that song stuck in my head, though. <laughs> Not Humpty Dumpty, but the Humpty Dance. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's really all I have about nursery rhymes. Now, these are all, well, not all of them, I guess. It's speculation that there is a dark intent behind it. But when I was a kid, (laughs) (laughs) I came across this book. And I think I would have been in the maybe the first or second grade. God, there's so much like messed up stuff from when we were kids. (laughs) That we do not let our watch we don't watch some of it like courage well they had to work up to courage yeah because even as an adult sometimes i'm like okay you gotta turn it off (laughs) (laughs) it's a little too much for right before bed yeah (laughs) but i found this book called in a dark dark room and other scary stories and i think i think we did those ar reading tests on it this might have even predated ar maybe um, but it has seven seven different short stories, mm-hmm. but they're scary, like legit scary. And it's like a, it's on the cover. It's like learn to read with me, level two. So this is for like <laughs> little kids learning to read. Because I was think I don't I don't think ours are old enough to read this still. <laughs> this is the book with the girl with the ribbon, right? Yes. Yeah, she's always got this green ribbon around her neck, uh-huh. and it basically shows the stages of her life, and she ends up married, and her husband asks, what's with the ribbon? 
And she's like, I'll tell you whenever I'm ready. And then she calls him in and she's basically on her deathbed. And she goes, here's what the ribbon is. Pulls the ribbon off and her freaking head falls off. (laughs) 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 And it was for children. (laughs) Menacingly. (laughs) There was the other story, too, that always stuck with me. But it's just this kid trying to get home and he keeps bumping into scary dudes. But each dude he bumps into, their teeth get bigger and bigger. And like by the end, there's this guy and he's got like 10 inch teeth. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) Sounds like a good band name. 10 inch teeth. (laughs) Related to nine inch nails. (laughs) I don't remember what prompted this but before we had the goblins i know i got drunk one night and ordered the book on amazon <laughs> i think it was just like we were i think it was just a night where it's like hey you remember this yeah and i was like add to cart <laughs> <laughs> i want to read it to the kids but i don't want to deal with Not nightmares afterwards <laughs> so the last thing i kind of wanted to talk about we recently went to go see thanksgiving the movie a holiday slasher a holiday slasher (laughs) i thought it was fantastic i did too but it was rough watching the beginning it was campy yeah i thought that i don't want to say too much because i really think it's worth going to watch Mm -hmm. but there were several kills that were like crazy (laughs) it's it's gory it's gory the twist kind of like the ending twist kind of got one. me it was not who i was expecting overall i'd give it a five out of five it was really good i think it probably would get some off reviews because there has to be a level of cheese to it because it's about thanksgiving so they have to stay yeah directly on topic the whole time <laughs> it's not what you want to go see if you're looking for like a deep oscar no. nominee it's not anything you know of real heartstring pulley substance it's Mm-mm. a campy horror movie and it's just fun it's a good one so some of the scenes i had a hard time watching it's pretty gory and it that especially that first scene kind of hits hits it right on the head as oh far my gosh. as yes what things actually were like so <laughs> i don't get it either it makes me mad yeah no, it was good. Uh, anyway, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of our listeners. The best thing you could do for us is just to share. Uh, podcasts are shared best through personal recommendations. So mm-hmm. let your friends know. We'd really appreciate that. We do, if you are interested, have a merch store. The easiest way to get to that is go to our Facebook or our Instagram and go to our description and click on our link tree. And that will take you to our, you can get to our merch page, you can get to our download page, and you can get to our other social medias that way. We also have an email address. It is reaperscreepers.spooky22 at gmail.com. So send us all your spooky stories. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye, guys.